0: Welcome to the Using the Whole Whale podcast, where we learn from leaders about new ideas and digital strategies making a difference in the social impact world. This podcast is a proud production of Whole Whale, a B Corp. digital agency. Thank you for joining us. Now, let's go learn something. This week on the podcast, we have a really fun episode where we're going to be talking about an internal tool that we've been developing that we launched not too long ago called the Inclusivity Tool, inclusivitytool.com. And with us today to talk about it is the product lead and senior SEO strategist at Whole Whale Mariel, sumerido And we've got a new addition, a part-time consultant that we brought in. Uh, he is the founder of Quintessential Tools, Leo Quintero, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Happy to much. be
1: here. Hi. <laughs> uh,
0: well, I think this is going to be helpful because there's uh, it's it's a simple looking tool, just to quickly summarize, it, it grabs a page of your site when you put it in, you go to the site and it crawls it against hundreds of words that we have put in a inclusivity or non-inclusive mm-hmm. database. Uh, before we roll too far into that, uh, Leo, maybe you can tell us uh, just a little bit about uh, quintessential tools and the nature of your work, because I think it really uh, dovetails into what we're working on, and while and part of the reason why we brought you.
2: Yes, um, so I do strategic consulting for different organizations. I've been working mostly in the intersection of entertainment and education. Um, with an emphasis on diversity and inclusion for uh, people and artists from underrepresented backgrounds. I'm very passionate about this subject. Um, I work in a lot of HR programs, everything related to employee retention and evaluation. Um, and I'll do a little bit of a career coaching for artists as well, uh, specifically for artists of um, brown and black backgrounds and talent representation um for those as well.
0: Yeah. And we were we were lucky enough, uh, even though we're not in the arts and entertainment industry, although I think we're somewhat entertaining.
2: Yes, adjacent.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were lucky enough to to get some of your time and helping with some helping us with a number of things at Whole whale. And uh so I'll just say if you're listening, don't steal Leo from us, go away. <laughs> and um You know, Marielle, uh, maybe we can uh, turn it back to the product and the inclusivity tool. How did how did this come about, and how did you uh, how did you get wrangled into to working on on this? In addition to, by the way, a very full client load.
1: Yeah. So um, I think after all of the events of of twenty twenty, when a lot of the George George Floyd protests were happening, um, we at Whole Whale are very passionate about social issues. That's why we're we're in this sector. Um, and we wanted to talk about what are the ways that we can um what are the ways that we can move forward the our DEI agenda internally in our in our community together. Um, it's, all, it's a lot to kind of tackle the whole institution of, of racism, but what can we do in our little community here? Um, so the Root that came most clearly to me as a a content person on the team um, was just being more careful about the way that we're using language. So I did some research about using inclusive language um, and brought that to the team. I did a presentation at the beginning of 2021 um, after end of year season died down last year and uh, brought that to the team hopefully they they learned a lot of good things and and came out of that and at, coming out of that we learned out about a lot of different language that we were using in our everyday um in our everyday speech in our writing that ha- may have some suspicious origins depending uh on the on the word or phrase it is um so out of that George and I kind of thought about how w- what are the ways that we can make it easier for us to um, audit our entire website where we've collected 10 years of content and not all of it may be inclusive to um, audiences today. So from there, we we started working on this inclusivity tool. We put together a, a database um, using some open source um, resources that were already out there, but building upon that. Um, a a ton. A lot of research went into building that out even more um, just so that we're including the latest of uh, the latest language that people are using in in their respective communities. Um, And that that definitely helps us figure out where our blind spots lie, or maybe I shouldn't say that. Um <laughs> oh no. I I yeah, I, I think one of the biggest takeaways that we've gotten out of this this project is how much kind of like discriminatory or or biased language um is so ubiquitous in our everyday speech and it's it definitely made us more mindful about how how we speak and how we write. Veer off topic a little bit, but
0: <laughs> yeah. I I just remember sitting, you know, because it's um it's something that certainly we have a statement about the EI. Certainly we make commitments internally around it, but it's part of an ongoing bit of work that is, you know, not done in one single moment. And I just remember Marielle doing this amazing training and research that she'd done on the different types of language and phrases and things that you know we haven't thought twice about. And just thinking to myself. How how are we going to find the amount of time necessary, frankly, to learn, memorize, and then edit hundreds of pages? Because, you know, our heart's in the right place for sure, but, you know, best intentions fill in the blank. So, you know, my mind immediately went to this needs to be in a database and we need to, you know, do what we do, which is build a build a tool. Um, to help us solve this issue. And we crawled our own site and we found very quickly areas where, you know, we could pay a bit more attention. And I think there's uh, a lot around uh, language associated with health, with gender, uh, with phrases even that are pervasive in the technical field of, you know, even just talking about database and server construction and whitelists and blacklists and master and slave databases It's laden with language that carries a meaning that simply is baked in offensive origins. And depending on who and how is reading and consuming that information, they don't really care that you wrote it 10 years ago because they're consuming it now. I'm wondering, Leo, to to throw it to you, um, because you kind of came in midstream midstream on on this sort of thing what was your initial reaction to to seeing this and sort of how out of left field did it seem like we were
2: (laughs) my first reaction was a, a lot of shame of the poor use of my own dialogue all the time I think um I you know I started taking a look at this project and thought this is amazing and and Quickly, I started identifying things that I used on my speech daily and and bringing it back to what Marielle was saying about awareness. uh, It is just this sense of we don't realize the power of our words and we speak all day all the time. So it's a very automatic type of thing. When you add that component and awareness, you start realizing that a lot of the things that we say could be offensive or insensitive to groups, to our own friends, to our family. So when I came to this project and I started seeing, first of all, the amazing amount of data that you have collected and reading through it, uh, it was extremely eye-opening. <laughs> and it, it's, it's quickly turned into uh a fun thing for me to just go in here and look through words and be like, oh, I, this week I'm going to work on when I'm out to dinner or when I'm doing something with friends and when I'm on the phone with my family, I'm going to pay attention to the times that I'm using this because it's definitely a training type of thing for a speech. And it's so important that it begins with something written, a website, a company's organization, campaign or something that it's very tangible because I think that's how you develop the habit. You have to see it constantly in front of you and then train yourself on. I'm very visual. So to me, this, this tool is an extremely visual opportunity to catch myself when I'm thinking something before I say it out loud. <laughs> So, so thank you, Marielle, for making that <laughs> presentation. You're, you're helping you're lots really, of people. Yeah, you really are. You have just no idea. You dominoes here. You started something. You started a revolution.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have to give a, an initial sort of shout out also to the open source project, Alex.js, Alex.js.com, um, which was a sort of crowdsourced uh, tool that you know came about a number of years ago uh, we did start that um, start with that database but have since um, evolved off of it because it was a touch more eurocentric than it was us centric and speaking as uh, speaking as a member of this country we have made a lot of mistakes with language that are nuanced growing and sort of difficult to unpack um, you know, Maybe Marielle, you can say a bit more because one of the biggest changes we actually made on top of the Alex.js, the AlexJS database uh, was the idea of context and classification, which you had a big hand in sort of creating a whole framework for, for something, you know, a uh, data architecture that simply didn't exist. Can you can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, definitely. So when we got the, the Alex.js database in front of us. It was just a list of words. And um was it suggested language as well? Yeah, or they was had it just suggested like,
0: words? try this instead of that.
1: Okay. Okay, so we were working off of the, just these like two columns in, in a spreadsheet. But I think what was missing was taking like a macro level look at the types of different um Types of different language that um were being flagged by the database for example um, so much of the da- the existing database was around gendered um gendered terms or gendered professions um, for example let's see let me take a quick look um, First thing that I'm seeing is postman, post, uh, postman, post women, mailman, male women, um, and that can be kind of considered all in all. Even though they're they're different words, they're all gendered language that you might be using on your website or using in your everyday, in your everyday speech. So we wanted to see um, when we were pulling these reports and kind of patch- packaging it together for. Um, some of our some of the the beta testers for this um, for this project. Just how what is the percentage between the the language that is gendered on the site or uh, the percentage of language that displays health discrimination or is just outdated language um, based on um, things that we we that people in america used to say but it's it's just not okay anymore but um and these things have changed so so quickly over the past um even 5 to 10 years
0: yeah and just to give some flavor to what um we're we're diving into we've got this database right now and I'm I see her running around and we we just went over 900 um separate rows in this database and a strong amount of knowledge in here. And the other piece that we realized, in addition to a classification um, that Marielle came up with to like, go through, so there are, you know, categories for microaggression, pejorative, you were talking about gender, there is, uh, you know, health, there is uh, just outdated terms, there's a lot of gendered for sure. And the next piece we realized is that this is confusing, because we are taking a word that colloquially is known, has been taught to us, we have read, we have heard others say, and suddenly saying, like, you may want to reconsider it. And so the next piece we realized we needed was context, sort of according to who, you know, is, is this, and also what is the history? So in addition to that, we found authority. So there is an a, authority for for almost all of these, uh, you know, groups like uh, Native American Journalists Association, GLAD. Uh, others were were sort of looking for NAACP, American uh, American Psychological Association, and uh, a lot of others. And by no means is this complete. But the goal was to say, like, who is the governing body that is kind of looking at this area of inclusive, non inclusive language, and then the context. And, and this took uh, and this took quite quite a bit of work. Um, from Marielle, myself, others, we had some other DEI experts come in and, and support and help us do some of this research. Um, and what's great is now we have contextual links. So when you find a word, uh, such as I, I think one of the more common ones that might be used by a, a lot of folks is "grandfathered." So yeah, we grandfathered into the contract and whatnot. And when you dig into it, uh, you know, you you end up learning. That it ties back to uh, the ratification of the 15th Amendment, racial discrimination and voting rights, except African-Americans were kept from voting in large numbers and they weren't grandfathered in as that clause. And so you uh, begin to realize maybe we shouldn't be putting that into our contracts, our language, our narratives, especially if you're dealing in ecosystems of social justice. That's just one of 900, by the way.
1: I think what was also especially tough was that language is is always evolving. This is a, an always evolving database and it was kind of tough to say this is this is the one authority on on this topic. Um when there's so many so many different voices depending on on which segment of of the the population you want to be um taking a look at when it comes to the language that you're using to describe that community. There's there's always going to be different opinions, but we we try to, to choose the authorities that, I mean, one had resources out there on the language, and yeah. we we're especially trying to get that that language out. Um, but also, we're, we're kind of the most reputable organizations that we could find.
2: Um, one of the things that I really like about the work that you are doing is aggregating from different sectors, which I think it's crucial because I see a lot of work happening in independent silos and people are having these conversations, but there isn't a one place where you can come and have this wealth and this amount of terms and knowledge aggregated out in one place. And this is a, like you said, Marielle is an evolving conversation. We are all learning as we go, the world is changing and, and we're learning how um, out of date we were. Um, and it's important to to be able to have something that helps us to have these conversations so we can begin doing the work. This is really like the beginning of so many other things that have to come after this. Once you realize you are misusing language and inadvertently offending whole sectors of the population.
0: Yeah. And these are, it's, you know, kind of the, someone was going to to build this, I think at some point, uh, I was actually surprised that when I did searches for it, the, the most recent thing I found was this older project um, dating a number of years back. And, you know, I think we can approach it from this mindset that, oh, well, works to leverage tech to increase impact. Uh, we take the tools available and we try to make the most of of data and make it uh, into practical tools, be it for clients or for products. And, you know, I think there's a certain advantage of us sort of being able to look at the landscape and and as objectively as possible, pull that in. But I will also say that we have partnered with a a good number of DEI firms and consultants, uh, where our hope really is that one, it's it's free free for always, as long as we can afford the servers and the work necessary, frankly, to, to fix various bugs and push new information into the database and keep that up to date at inclusivitytool.com. So any page you want to crawl is free, but a, a pay-for level that would give your entire site essentially uh, a, a report, a full audit of language that breaks it down by uh, different types, different pages. The the classifications that are, that are showing up and and then present that to your team. And in an ideal case with a trusted DEI consultant that has an understanding in this language. And we kind of equate that to going and getting an x-ray done and then like looking at it yourself and be like, I don't know, looks like a skeleton. I, I think I'm good. Or what is this about? You need an expert, especially dealing with the nuance of language here, an expert to to talk you through. So our hope is that this is a useful tool for uh, folks doing the work uh, out there. And that's, you know, we're the tool. We're never going to offer that. can Oh, there's no plan that we have right now. I will say I never say never that has us <laughs> sort of like doing that sort of like sensitive conversation that inevitably comes up is like, guess what? Um, I don't know, Leo, how do you how do you feel about that in terms of like, uh, ah, it's different working with a client? <laughs> I, I I think the key to this is like, and what I love about
2: everything that I've seen so far with the work that you're doing is uh because it's written and it's with data, it it's devoid of judgment, which I think is such a key component of everything in this particular DI uh climate. Um, and so you know, when you talk about the example of an x-ray and then having a conversation with someone it, it's really not the type of thing that you know you're pointing fingers or saying you know this is really wrong or i cannot believe you're doing this but it's more about okay well here's what's going on and this is the conversation that needs to have i think these conversations do need a framework but because it, it's very easy you know to go into like I, i've i'll share some personal experience about this tool in in my own environment with my friends talking about this and some resistance you know because i think the the first thing is like well if we continue with this we're not going to be able to say anything we're not going to be able to use any words and and so it's a very interesting balance between no one is saying that this is inherently wrong we're just inviting people to think about the Power that the words carry, and if you are an organization that stands for something with your mission, then you have to make sure that your language is respectful in all areas. So I, I do agree, George, that this this is a this is the type of work that requires uh, a framework, uh, a way of channeling discussions and, and letting everyone, in a way, uh, buy in. But the work needs to begin from within. Like you have to inherently understand what it is it that you're doing and be aware of, of your impact in the minds of others. I, I don't know. I, I think that's just like the way I see it.
1: Leo, I think that's a, a great point. Um, when you see different flags that show up on the, on the page, when you run a page of your website through the tool um, and you, you might see different things flagged, Um, it's not meant to be a gotcha. We're not blaming you for using these terms that perhaps we even um, are still using, even with our, our, um, our work, uh, putting this tool together just because it has been so ingrained in us from the beginning. It's really meant to to spark more of a conversation about how all the language that we're using is, is based on the language that our generations before us have been using and Racism, sexism, all of the isms have been kind of baked into it um, for, for a long time now. And we're we're really trying to change that now.
0: That fear as a driver or as a preventer is big. You know, we've had a lot of crawls actually, just without real promotion. I mean, we've put it out in general circles, but we see this uh ongoing trickle of pages being crawled, you know, I think. between 100 and 200 per month right now. Um, But only like, you know, a handful of full website crawls. And and going back to that point, you know, there was, you know, someone just wanted to crawl and we just did this audit and and sent it to them. And they were super confused. They're like, well, wait a minute. You know, it it found all these uh, gendered words, but it was on our staff page. And, you know, hence the working with a DEI consultant and understanding context, because that's fine those are staff members who have identified and are comfortable with putting out gender. However, if you've got, I don't know, let's say about us information or information written to be uh, intended of a resource or training manuals, and you find that you're 90% male in it question mark, and maybe that's something to look at. So the thought here is that you're never going to have a perfect score it's not about getting a perfect score. It's about having the conversation. And so we're, we're playing actually with some of the language in there, like instead of calling them warnings, I'm like, maybe we would like call them like conversation considerations. Uh, albeit there are, um, there's certain words where there would be a stronger recommendation. And this is like evolving. There'd be a stronger recommendation of removing versus do it, but just know you're doing it. Yeah.
2: Um, I, I had a, a lot of fun in one of our sessions recently with the, uh, what you have as the phrase parking lot i think and and i don't know if if maybe we can explain a little bit more of, about the criteria of what goes into being there and then moving out of there just for context for people <laughs> <laughs> but i i want to bring that up because it was one of like the best times that we've gotten together and it, it was a very dynamic engaging way of talking about these things and and learning and in, in a in a fun way you know like without the heaviness of I'm doing something wrong, so I don't know. Can can we talk about it a little bit?
0: Sure, you know, (laughs) uh, it's our podcast. We talk about. Here we (laughs) we go. So the way this sort of works is there is an open submission form on our site, actually, where uh, anybody can can go in and submit a word, submit the context and authority, and then we review it in the parking lot. I.e., you know, you're not driving on the highway yet; you sit in the parking lot while we have a conversation. About uh, about that word and how it lives in this context. So yes, we actually on our on our weekly check ins, we'll take a walk into the parking lot and do a little extra research, see what's popping up, and you know update the database. Frankly, uh, and put that context in there. But you know we we learn quite a bit and we hear a thing and um, and try to unpack it and do and do research and then and put it in there. That's um, yeah, part of the. <laughs> Part of that process is, um, you know, realizing how quickly language changes and you find this these new pockets of uh, how, how how a group would like language to be used around their stakeholders and their audience. You know, so we had someone actually very interested in prison reform talking about the stigma associated with prisoners. And, and there we had a conversation around the use of the word stigma and health and dissecting it like, oh, in that context. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of pulling a thread, but I think one reaction going back to your friend, one reaction you can have is to say, there's far too much. Therefore I do nothing. And it's this all or nothing mentality that I think has harmed many causes namely in the environment namely in maybe even animal rights and sort of like if you're if you're going to eat meat or if you're going to eat seafood then you're not with us and forget you you're like whoa okay i can see that we're trying to make it easier to to step away from the like all or nothing i can't keep up with all these words like we'll do that part we'll show you what you should consider and we're not saying change at all we are i think saying have a conversation about it. Um, Marielle, I'm curious to know,
2: like, where would you like to see this uh, going? Like, what? How do you envision this out there in the world?
1: Oh, that's a that's a good question. Um, I would love this to be like a an everyday tool that people use, like a Grammarly, um, or or something like that. Your your everyday spell checker, your inclusivity checker, is is. Um, available for you at any time at this website and people are, are sharing it constantly. Um yeah, that that would be great to see.
0: There's a narrative in my head. I'm afraid of sharing. I'll cut I'm <laughs> going to cut this part just in case. <laughs> say it. Say it. There's just this part of me that is uh, afraid of showing up on like a stupid like right-wing blog or mm-hmm. you know, Fox whatever cast of saying that like the goal of this is to like police all our language and it can certainly look that way on on the surface and you could take the context of this as like oh this is how left-wing authoritarian regimes start right here's the here's the list right like as soon as you start creating lists and calling people out um i'm afraid just to speak truth here I'm afraid of the tool also being used, um, for, uh, you know, negative consequence instead of conversations, it's call outs. Mm. You use it to, you know, crawl various pieces and then just, you know, make it more efficient to, you know, to call out rather than call in and have a conversation. So, you know, I, 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 am so deeply aware of the inevitability of unintended consequences and it's why we're trying to be as considered as possible, pulling partners and do it. But I don't know. Um,
2: I you know one thing I love about this particular tool is it it the way it's built. It doesn't really divide. It actually brings together. And and I think it, it is intended in the way it was designed. And and so for that reason, I I think I I wouldn't be so worried about that particular thing. I think it's a very important thing to keep in mind, but it aggregates, it unifies, it provides, and, and you're not doing it on one, you know, you're not giving it more importance for something gender-based or something related to mental health. It's almost like an equalizer of all these terms. And, and it also, I, in the language here, never says, you know, how, how dare you say in this, (laughs) you know, it's like, it's more like, Hey, Maybe think about this. Um, I it was very eye opening to me recently. I I used um, I say uh, long time no see a lot, <laughs> and sp- and I write it on my emails, <laughs> and and I you know I when I saw uh, this past couple of weeks I saw that it, it made me think like yes I, and and I could say you know English is my second language but there's like so much context that came with our conversation about.
0: How that is insensitive, or you but know, I have to feel I feel like people are listening right now. Yes, you, you hooked them. Can you give the like, wait a minute? Long
1: time you, ex- see. you
0: explain
2: it, you explain it so well to me. Can you do it again? I, 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 <laughs> oh, I want to oh, be, oh. I want to make it
0: justice. <laughs> so, the, the interesting piece here is there's a lot of colloquialisms that you know come just in language and sometimes are written as well in this particular case. Uh, this dates back to Native Americans and European settlers coming in and a uh, loosely translated phrase when uh, a Native American and interaction with uh, European settlers would come in and this understanding of, you know, when you cross the language, like it was a long time when we haven't seen you, but it was shortened to long time, no see. So it's was like uh, a broken English sort of way of referring to that, that interaction that then caught on and, and clearly like, it also fell into the context of uh, no can do, uh, which dates back to uh, when uh, Chinese immigrants were you know, essentially being forced into labor and were having more and more interactions with the European-based folks and English, second language. Uh, the I can't do this uh, turned into, uh, was shortened up time to no can do as a way of phrasing it, but was clearly done as a, as a way of, of joking Um Jokingly talking about how folks that can't speak your your dominant language um, are are then turned into phrases that continue down into generations, and it's a conversation. I'm the point of this is not to say like you can't use that. It's like mm. have that decide for yourself. Go read this article, make the call. Like go you know go read about uh, you know how factory farming works and make the call for yourself. The thing is, I don't think that there's necessarily enough context always been given and the the time and consideration to, to have the conversation with, with yourself, with others, with organizations. Say so like, all right, how do we feel about this? Because yeah, yeah. Your friend is right. You can pull this thread to an extreme extent. Um, and our goal is to database quite a, quite a bit of this so that you're able to see as best we can uh, a, you know, not a subjective, but objective, which is humanly impossible because as a human, you project your experience onto uh, the the words and meaning. But I feel like you need to see it, right? You need to see the problem first as to be like, okay, I get it. We're going to, you know what? Long time no see has different meaning to us. I'm like, okay, you may want to add some context about that. Oh, so many threads in here. I feel like we could just do an entire podcast. On, like, There's a pot. like, seriously, if anyone out there is like, wants to do a podcast, we will open up the database to you. We actually have um, put this out there publicly um, in various forms. So you can see these words. Like you could do a podcast on all of, like one word per podcast, frankly. Yeah, a
2: series, all these ideas and things that will spark a conversation and have different points of view and have people debate. And I I think that's how we move the conversation forward. Um, It's by having an open dialogue about all these things and, and coming to terms with where we are, and then, you know, being respectful also of others not engaging in the process, which I think it's, you know, um, could be debatable. But, you know, I, one of the things I love about this country is how respectful everyone is of individuality in certain ways so i don't know i i think if someone is not into this you know i, I think at some point they will get in their lives in a moment where they just might want to reflect about this it doesn't have to be right now
0: all right mariel any other final thoughts on on the tool where it's going hopes dreams fears
1: um just please use the tool. And if you have any any feedback for us, anything, any language that you want to see included that you that we missed, um please, please drop us an email or or sign up on our oninclusivity tool.com. There is a submission box there where you can submit those words. But um you can also email us at uh let's talk at wholewell.com
0: Yeah, and I'd also say we're we're on an ongoing Uh, quest to pull in as many partners as possible. And we try to put the information about, you know, great DEI consultants and firms uh, on our site and, you know, give them access to this tool as, you know, hopefully another way to start conversations and, have, have that be potentially uh, a gateway to like, oh, wait a minute, we did this search and now we realize it because it's, it's pretty tangible, frankly, when you come back and there's like a number of words that you simply realize that you've been using or misusing for quite some time. And it, and it goes deeper than just an editing project. And it's really a conversation project best led by somebody who understands, um, you know, DEI, DEIB, and how that um, lives in an organization. All right, Leo. Uh, I did want to throw it back to you at Quintessential Tools. Uh, how do um, how do people find you? How do people help you?
2: Um, they can find me on LinkedIn, um, uh, Quintessential Tools. It's there as a company, and then they can also find me. Uh, my full name is Leandro Quintero.
0: Um, awesome. Yeah, we can find that also in the show note links. We'll have Leo's full information there. And thank you, thank you for both of your work on this, and we'll see where it goes.
2: Thank you so much for creating this place, and, and Marielle, thank you so much for creating this. This is very—it's a huge contribution to humanity. So thank you so much. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yes. No, we're no. You're doing your part. You are. Thank you.
1: <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> High praise, but. <laughs>